On today's show, Chet Holmgren's draft profile. We take a look at what makes him such an interesting prospect for the Houston Rockets, especially off the heels of our last show in which we figure, hey, there might be a chance that Chet Holmgren does fall to pick number three here in Houston. We'll take a look at his strengths. We'll take a look at his weaknesses. We'll take a look at his possible fit alongside this current Houston Rockets core and more. All coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. As always, we appreciate you for making LOR your first listen each and every day free and available on all platforms apple spotify google wherever you listen to your podcasts it's there we're also on youtube and uh yeah help us out a ton on youtube if you like the show if you want to see it continue to succeed do me a huge favor go comment on youtube right we've got the all the people who comment for the algorithm you are my favorite right so let's like keep that mantra strong for the house for the team for the algorithm go put that on youtube or just comment anything you want um, I do sincerely appreciate the comments help a ton on YouTube for today's episode. We're going to take a look at Chet Holmgren and we'll break down him as a draft prospect, right? His strengths, his weaknesses, his possible fit with this Houston Rockets team, all of that. We're going to take a look at his shot profile. What makes him such a unique, big, all these different little areas and where we have to start with Chet, we'll just, we'll keep it very basic here in the very beginning. We got to go over what makes him, you know, such a standout prospect. And that's first off the physicals or off the charts, right? And we're going to talk about the size because that is a legitimate concern. I think there are concerns past just his size, but the size, you know, the frame is one of the biggest concerns. We'll talk about that uh, more towards segment three, towards the back end of the podcast. But, right, he's seven feet tall, uh, might even be bigger than seven feet because, like, Dirk, you know, it's uh, Dirk Nowitzki is listed at like seven one or was listed at like seven one. And the other day, like, Chet was standing next to Dirk and was like towering over him. So, I, I don't know, maybe he was wearing some platforms or something, but he's listed, right, seven feet tall, seven foot six wingspan, uh, 195 pounds. So, the weight, the frame is one of the areas that a lot of people are concerned about, right? The skills on the surface that make Chet such an enticing prospect, insane shot blocking, insane defensive presence, insane off ball defense, right? Like he is just, he is the type of guy who can be a full blown defensive anchor for a team, both with his awareness, with his, just the sheer presence that he provides on the basketball floor. And then offensively, he is a well-qualified shooter, um, not necessarily from anywhere on the floor, as we'll take a look at in segment two. We'll pull up Chet's shot chart, and we'll kind of walk through the areas that he excels at and the areas that we just don't have enough data on for him. But we can extrapolate the fact that he's a solid enough shooter from everywhere else around the floor that we think that he could probably extend that to other areas of his game, be it mid-range, be it the corners, that kind of stuff. And then just in general, like, 
so one of the areas of his game that I think is maybe a bit underrated or maybe not underrated, but something that I think is worth noting as well is he's just, he's a great play, like playmaker. Like he's not necessarily the guy that you give the ball to and say, all right, you're going to go like initiate and, and orchestrate the entire offense. He's not that type of playmaker, but he can very easily make passes and reads over the top of the defense. He can hit his teammates in the right spots. He understands. He's just, again, it, it as far as just the, uh, basketball IQ, right? Both defensively and offensively, he has that, it, you know, to spare because, and at his size, he has all these opportunities again to pass over the top of the defense to create for his teammates out of pick and roll scenarios to just move the basketball around the floor again, not necessarily as a play starter, but as somebody who can be, you know, that connective piece and getting the ball to the next right man, right? Making the next right pass, that kind of thing. Basically, right, and this is the the elevator pitch that Kevin O'Connor uses for him, which I love. He's a massive shot blocker with guard-like skills on offense as a passer and shooter, but he needs to get significantly stronger to become the next great big. And that kind of does encompass exactly what we see when we look at Chet Holmgren and try to figure out, okay, what makes him special as a prospect? I think that when you look at some of the comps that get thrown around for him, the one that makes maybe the most sense is Rudy Gobert with perimeter skills, Rudy Gobert with like an offensive package. And I can't even, I can't even just say Rudy Gobert with perimeter perimeter skills because Gobert feels like he doesn't even have like post skills. Like he feels like finishing in and around the rim is a tall task for Gobert. So with Chet, he's got the ability to finish in and around the rim. He's ambidextrous, great hands, either side of the basket, left, right, doesn't matter can finish all inside the paint. And then he also has that three point shot all the way out to the perimeter. So I think that is probably the best comp for him. Another comp that KOC threw out was uh Jenner, Gen Z Pal Gasol, which I thought was kind of a hilarious comp because a lot of Rockets fans have actually comped uh, Alperin Shingun to Pal Gasol after this past season. And I think I see more, I, I think I see more, accuracy in that comparison to Al P than I do to Chet, if only because I feel like Pow, especially at a younger age, did have more of a polished, like back to the basket post game. He had a bit more size, that kind of thing. Whereas Chet doesn't necessarily have that in his bag at the current moment, as far as his game is concerned. But I'm curious what other comps you have for Chet Holmgren. You can let me know in the YouTube comments coming up. I want to get into Chet Holmgren's strengths, right? What makes him such a unique prospect, the areas of his game that really stand out on the next level. We'll also share his shot chart. We'll take a look at just how effective he was from around the floor in college. But first we've got a quick message over at Saqqara because feeling your best starts with what you eat. Saqqara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Saqqara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted meals are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, get your skin glowing, all the important stuff that you should care about. Plus, it's all delivered right to your doorstep, ready to eat. And right now, Sakara is offering all of our listeners 20% off their very first order when they go to sakaracom slash locked on 20 or enter locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. 
And continuing on here at Lockdown Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making LOR your first listen each and every day. Right now, we have an important favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Lockdown. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. Won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take the audience survey go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey thank you we appreciate your help and input now as we continue on here taking a look at chet holmgren and how he you know how he measures out his draft profile how he lines up with this houston rockets team the next area i want to go pardon me is I actually want to take a look at his shot profile because it's wildly impressive when you look at just the impact that, that he had on the offensive side of the floor as far as just scoring the basketball. Now, we take a look at just his overall numbers, uh, his two-point percentage, uh, one, you know, 73.7% from the floor shot you know, on a total volume of 129 or sorry, 129 out of 175 buckets. There we go. Let's, let's get the, the numbers all, you know, in a row here from three, he shot 39%, uh, 41 makes on 105 attempts. And then just his overall field goal percentage, right? 60.7%, 170 makes out of 280 attempts for an effective field goal percentage of 68%. Now for our visual watchers on YouTube, you can see the shot chart on the screen and you can see the insane amount of red on this heat map right in and around the bucket for Chet Holmgren. And that bodes well, right? Somebody who can finish at that elite of a level, uh, that elite of a level in and around the rim should be able to translate that to the NBA. Yes, there's going to be kind of a, a change in the physicality and how difficult it's going to be to finish in and around NBA caliber defense defenders and defenses at the NBA level for sure for Chet. But the fact that his game, as far as his, you know, feel for the game on offense, I feel like that's going to translate pretty well. He's a smart cutter. He understands how to move without the basketball. He understands how to, you know, create opportunities for himself to score over the top of the defense in and around the rim. And that's something that I do think will absolutely translate at the NBA level. You know, when, when you think about what he can provide you offensively, right? He's got the spacing to pull a defender all the way out to the three-point line. He's got the ability to finish in and around the rim. The one thing that we really didn't see a whole lot of at the college level is anything in the in-between, right? Especially if you're looking at this heat map, Chet did a majority of his damage from around the top of the key and then in and around the paint. And that was basically it. Very little, if anything, in the mid-range, almost nothing from the wings and from the corners. So it'll be interesting to see him diversify his potential shot profile at the NBA level. But like, I mean, first off, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Like he was cooking people in college. So there's not really a reason for him to have had to move, you know, shoot from the corners or, you know, operate out of the mid range when you can get easier buckets in and around the paint. That said, he has such a quality shooting stroke that I do think that we can see Chet potentially diversify his bag at the NBA level. And even though he doesn't necessarily have a, I don't want to say like a go-to offensive profile, right? Like he, you know, giving the ball, let him go break down a defender one-on-one, that kind of thing. 
if he can develop a bit of a reliable like post game, maybe mid-range face-up game, that kind of thing, it's going to keep defenses honest as far as having to check him. And it could really elevate his offensive profile rather than just being an ancillary piece offensively, being somebody that you can actually give the ball to and say, hey, go get us a bucket, right? We didn't really have to see that with him at Gonzaga. And he played off of his teammates incredibly well. So it'll be interesting to see that side of his game really develop as you know, as he you know navigates his NBA career. Now, I do think that you know he's got the guard-like skills. He can handle the basketball. He can bring up the basketball in transition. Um, he is a great catch-and-shoot player. I mean, the offensive skill set that he brings to the table is absolutely like it's out of this world. He's you know a unicorn in every sense of the word. Now, when you look at the other pluses that he brings to the table. If we shift gears here and go back to the defensive side of the thing, I think that he's going to be the type of player that absolutely transforms a defense, even with the question marks about his frame, his size. Chet is going to be somebody who deters drivers, deters players from getting into the paint just because of his just because of his presence, right? We see how teams play against these, you know, legitimate shot blocking forces at the NBA level, when we see guys go up against guys like Joel Embiid or Giannis or Gobert, and we see how guards, drivers, you know, whoever are a bit more cautious about driving in the paint because they know that there's a roaming force ready to like destroy whatever they're putting up at the rim. And that's exactly what Chet is going to bring to the table as far as being an off ball presence, right? He's going to be the kind of guy that can kind of probe roam throughout the paint and impact the defense in a way that is not necessarily immediately noticeable. And I say immediately noticeable because I think that at times the impact of shot blockers like that is a bit understated because even if you don't see them blocking two, three, four, five shots per game, it's just the understanding, the, the, the presence that they have down low that kind of changes the game a little bit. Now, the big question for Chet at the NBA level is going to be, can he switch, right? Can he be a capable switch defender? He showed a decent bit of lateral movement at the college level and able to being able to keep up with smaller guys on the perimeter, kind of using the combination of his foot speed, but as well as his, his length, his size to keep those offensive players honest and not be able to not just basically become barbecue chicken out on the perimeter. That's going to be his biggest test at the NBA level is does the lateral foot speed translate? Because it's not phenomenal, right? He's he's capable, passable. Does that translate? And, and will he struggle with the speed of NBA guards, right? Will they drag him out to the perimeter and just absolutely dust him and force him to be, you know, a defensive liability if you can't actually comfortably have him switch out onto smaller players? That's going to be, you know, the the next big test for him defensively because otherwise if you if he's allowed to just sit on a player and you know they're sitting in the corner and he's able to kind of like sag in towards the bucket and be that weak side shot blocker that off ball help defender or even if he's checking other fives and they're just you know in and around the paint down low and he's able to rotate over as the big to stop driving lanes it's it's game over that's exactly where you're going to want to have him so really the biggest question mark is just is he going to be absolutely destroyed when he gets put out on switches on the perimeter by smaller guards at the end of the day? Now, 
I did highlight his playmaking. I do, I do apologize for ping ponging back and forth here. I, I did highlight his playmaking a bit earlier on. I, I do think that, right. You know, it's, it's at least worth bringing up one more time here in the, the pluses section for, for, for Chet's, you know, overall draft profile is that he's going to be almost the perfect piece for moving the basketball around and, and not necessarily being a, a ball stopper offensively, right? Because he's going to be able to space the floor all the way out to the three point line. And he's consistently, you know, with Gonzaga made the right reads. And I think that one area that, you know, we can talk about, uh, we can expound on a little bit more in the next segment, but should be worth noting is it, Chet played with a guy in Drew Timmy who plays a lot like one Alperin Shingoon. And the fact that those two guys were able to coexist offensively and play off of each other as well as they did, you know, the sky would be the limit for the for a potential pairing in Alperin Shingun and Chet Holmgren and those two guys really being able to feed off of each other and play off of each other offensively. And I want to talk a little bit more about that fit, that pairing, as well as some of the weaknesses in Chet's game as it currently stands. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the fighting news from MMA, UFC, boxing, you name it. They've got it over at BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, the NBA draft, and more. And speaking of the NBA draft right now at BetOnline, you can take a look at the odds for who's going to go number one overall in this year's NBA draft. Right now, Jabari Smith Jr., the favorite at minus 500, Chet Holmgren at plus 300, and then Paolo Bancaro has dipped significantly all the way down at plus 1,400 to go number one overall in this year's NBA draft. So for all of that and more, head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action available to you. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making LOR your first listen each and every Day for your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Samen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, everywhere. Now, rounding third, headed for home here as we're breaking down Chet Holmgren as a draft prospect. We'll roll through kind of the weaknesses in his game really quick. And then we'll talk about his possible fit that I just kind of teased up there at the end of last segment. But with Chet, the weaknesses generally all stem from his size, unfortunately. Like that's, that is the biggest knock on Chet's game right now is that there are legitimate question marks about his ability to bang with the bigs at at, at a legitimate NBA level. So he's 195 pounds right now, right? In fact, I, want, I should have had this pulled up, but I want to double check this because I want my numbers correct. Um, so Chet Holmgren is one is listed at 195 right now. Christian Wood is listed at 215. So Christian Wood is a full 20 pounds heavier than Chet Holmgren. And yet, Rockets fans are consistently furious with Christian Wood getting ragdolled at the five spot by opposing centers, right? So... Imagine that, but 20 pounds lighter, right? Like that's that's the immediate like turnoff for, for Chet. Now, I will say that the differences are pretty stark between 
Chet and, and Christian Wood as far as just defensive acumen, you know, defensive IQ, willingness to play, de- like all these different things, right? So Chet, even though he doesn't necessarily have the physicality right now at the jump, you know, to bang with a guy like Embiid or, or Jokic or Steven Adams, you know, just throw out all the, all the legitimate big name centers you want to throw out. He does have the length to kind of contest with those guys. So even though physically he might get overpowered at times, he's an intelligent defensive player. He's a great shot blocker. He has a great feel for the game. He under like, he's not just going to, I mean, he's not just going to get knocked over. Like he might get knocked over once or twice, but I do think that he knows how to utilize his length, his size to his advantage. There were times when I was watching him like in the tournament and there were like bigger, stronger, yet smaller like players on opposing teams that would body the ever living hell out of him, like going for offensive rebounds, going for defensive boards, whatever. And they would like, you know, get low, put their bodies into him, really like kind of shoving him in and away, like away from the paint. But it didn't matter because Chet is a, high point rebounder, right? He's got like, he's the kind of guy that wants to rebound and like, he's not going to rely on his ability to box out necessarily. It's not that he doesn't box out, but he's just so much taller and longer than every other player on the floor. He just arms up, gets the ball. Like he's a high point rebounder, very similar to Christian Wood. A lot of Christian Wood's rebounds are high point rebounds where he doesn't necessarily rely on the ability to get low and box out an opposing player to secure the rebound. He's just going to jump and try to be taller and jump higher than another big to secure rebounds. Alperin Shingun is not a high point rebounder. Alperin Shingun is the type of big that gets low, uses his weight and pushes people out of the paint so that he can either tap the ball to a teammate or secure it because there's no way that somebody's going to get, pa- get in or around him because of his size and because he's effectively like sealing them off to secure the rebound. So it's important to, you know, establish those types of distinctions when it comes to rebounders at the NBA level. And then just as far as his actual ability to guard an opposing big, right? You know, there's going to be some struggle there for Chet. Absolutely. But that said, even if he's conceding ground, even if he's getting absolutely bulldozed, he's still got the length and the size to contest shots at an effective level if he's going up against some of the bigger bigs in the NBA. The Again, the, the real question is how much more mass can he add to his frame right like is he gonna top out at 220 is he gonna top out at 250 like like what at what point does chet stop growing does he stop adding muscle to his frame like let's do another comparison right we talked about rudy gobert earlier uh rudy is 71 258 so like could chet reasonably get somewhere all the way up there that's adding another 65 pounds to his frame that I think is probably a bit of a stretch. Um, let's do another one. I'm trying to think of like similar frames and physiques at the NBA level. Uh, Bobo is, you know, has a very similar physique to Chet and, and definitely looked roughly the same physically at the college level. Bobo after just a few seasons in the NBA is listed at 220 pounds. So those are some like possible numbers, I guess, for Chet Holmgren when you consider where his frame is at, what he could maybe naturally progress to. And every individual is different, right? So like maybe Chet's able to add another 30 or 40 pounds to his frame and become the next dominant big if he can get up to like 240, 245. But that is a a gigantic cause for concern. And again, the other two weaknesses that I want to highlight here stem from his, you know, lack of size. But when he does drive to the rim, his ability to handle contact is 
almost non-existent. Like he's got good coordination. He can balance, he can absorb some contact, but like there were smaller guys than him, like, like again, bigger, but smaller who could give him trouble because they could just knock him off his spot. Right. We saw this a lot with Jalen green this past season is Jalen would just get bullied like on his drives to the rim. Right. Where if he didn't, ex you know, use his, ex his explosive first step to just get past somebody, then they just bodied up to him. And we saw a lot of drives for Jalen just get, you know, completely torn apart because he wasn't able to deal with the physicality of the NBA level so early on. So that is, you know, another area. And the last one here is again, talked about this with his offensive repertoire. He doesn't really have like a post game. Like he doesn't, he's not able to like seal off players in the post. He's not able to get low and use his size to effectively, you know, I don't know, take advantage of smaller players because smaller players are able to deal with him pretty easily. I mean, he still finishes over the top of these guys, but it's not like, oh, he's got the seal, like get him the ball and he's going to turn around and just, you know, back him down, two dribbles, power dribble, drop step, and he's right at the rim. It's, all right, he's got, you know, a smaller player on his back and the smaller player's not going anywhere. So it, all, all of this is strength-based. And I do think it, you know, at the NBA level with an NBA strength and conditioning coach and a couple, you know, few years to round out his body, he's going to be able to make that leap, hopefully, to to where these, you know, these weaknesses are kind of minimized. Um, another guy, I guess, is is would be a good guy to see kind of where he could potentially cap out at, like weight wise. Let's look at Kristaps Porzingis here. Porzingis, seven foot three, two hundred forty pounds. So, I mean, and, and a lot of these guys came to the NBA, right? The ones that I've been reading off, they came to the NBA like absolute like bean poles, you know, super skinny. And they were able to add some some muscle mass, some size to their frame. And I think the, the same could be said for Chet Holmgren. So I do think that while on the surface, the size thing is kind of concerning, I think there's enough evidence to show of other guys with similar physiques coming in, super skinny, able to add some size to their frame. And I think that you couple that with all of his defensive uh, versatility and his instincts and his IQ on that end of the floor, he doesn't need to be 250, 260 to be able to get it done at the NBA level. I think if you get Chet up to about 230, 240, coupled with where he's at as a defender already, he, he'll be just fine. So his fit with the Rockets. I talked about you know the fact that he played alongside Drew Timmy with Gonzaga. Drew Timmy's game is, you know, eerily reminiscent of one Alper and Shingoon, at least from an offensive standpoint. And I do think that that's one of the most interesting fits. If you were to talk to me about who would be the most optimal fit of the top prospects next to Alper and Shingoon, I'd say Chet Holmgren in a heartbeat. Even though my eyes and heart and everything was set on Jabari, I'd say Chet Holmgren in a heartbeat because Chet is the type of guy that, especially right away at the NBA level, will benefit from being able to be placed at the four spot defensively. Because if he's at the five, you run into a lot of the same issues that we saw this past season running Christian Wood at the five, where suddenly there's going to be mismatches where the size becomes an issue. Uh, you're going to get out-rebounded. The physicality is probably going to be a little bit too much for him at the NBA level situationally. And that's not to say that he can't play the five yet, but it would have to be something that is kind of matchup dependent. And if you run him at the four, though, with Alper and Shingun at the five, it's the same kind of premise that you would have with running Alpi and Christian Wood side by side, where you think like, oh, yeah, because then Christian can check the, you know, the wings or the fours of the other team. And then offensively, he can still be that five out spacer and like all the same arguments that you would make for the fit between Alper and Shingun and Christian Wood and how that like pairing hypothetically should have a lot of success, both offensively and defensively. 
you make all the same arguments for Chet and LP, but they're not nearly as hypothetical because Chet is a defense first type player, right? He, that's where he impacts the game. That's going to be his calling card at the NBA level. And so if you put him in as the strong side, like off ball defender, you know, weak side shot blocker next to an Alper and Shingun where Al P can deal with some of the bigger bigs using his size at the five spot. And then you've got Chet there to clean up any misses, you know, any rebounds, whatever, to be the, you know, the rim deterrent presence since Al P's not necessarily an above the rim presence. Like that pairing would be absolutely absurd. And then at that point, you have another guy who is going to be a knockdown three-point shooter offensively. You have a guy who doesn't necessarily need the touches offensively and can be kind of that cog in the offense rather than being a focal point of the offense. A guy who can run, pick, and roll effectively with Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. A guy who could probably play off of Alper and Shingun a little bit, just like we saw him play with you know Drew Timmy, where they would run some, you know, uh, you know, high post action between the two bigs, like you know, high-low action between Chet and Drew Timmy to be able to get, you know, easy buckets for either of those two guys. We could see the exact same thing pan out between Chet Holmgren and Alper and Shingun. So the fit is almost like seamless on both ends of the floor. I, and I, I think that the fit, even with the question marks surrounding Chet, might arguably be even better than it would be with Jabari Smith because Jabari, while defensively he's got a high defensive ceiling and I'm, you know, was incredibly stoked about his potential as well and talked about that at length ad nauseum in his draft profile. Jabari's not a rim protector, right? Like he's not an above the rim presence. He's more, you know, he's not necessarily, he's more of a wing than like a traditional big, right? And so the Rockets would be kind of still in that mold of playing a bit smaller than we'd probably like them to be. If you were to run Jabari and, and LP as your four or five combo, whereas if you run, LP and Chet as your four or five combo, then suddenly, oh my goodness, you're one of the biggest teams in the league. You've got a ton of size. You've got a ton of interior presence and a lot of versatility on both ends of the floor to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. So I think that Chet Holmgren is still, I mean, he's still number two on my board. I still think that the, the offensive ceiling is absurd for Jabari. And that's kind of what, what kind of holds me back a little bit as well as some of the reservations about Chet's size. But I do think that, at the end of the day, a lot of the concerns with his size, his frame are generally overblown because most players, when they do make it to the NBA, are able to add some size, add some muscle. It's more of a long-term play with Chet, though, right? Like, I don't think Chet's going to walk into the door and be an immediate impact presence, especially because of the physicality of the NBA. Like, even Evan Mobley here, like, let me double-check this because last one that I'll throw out here. Uh make sure I guess I could have had like all these stats prepped earlier, but Evan Mobley, seven feet tall, 215 pounds listed weight right now. So Evan Mobley right now is 20 pounds heavier than Chet Holmgren. So like, you know, it's one of those where I don't think Chet's going to have the immediate success that Mobley had, but maybe he, you know, if he were to be drafted by the Rockets, maybe similar to Evan Mobley being able to slot next to a Jarrett Allen and not have to play the five immediately at the NBA level. Maybe that's exactly what could happen with Chet Holmgren in Houston if he gets drafted by the Rockets and he's able to play next to an Alperin Shingun immediately at the NBA level and not necessarily have to deal with some of the bigger bodied centers that he would otherwise have to check if he were taken by another team and having to play the five right away. So with that, that's kind of going to wrap up our draft profile on Chet 
Holmgren uh, as it relates to the Houston Rockets, his strengths, his weaknesses, his shot profile, his fit with this current Rockets team, all of that. Uh, with that, uh, let me know your thoughts on Chet Holmgren as a Houston Rocket. We just did our previous episode where it felt like there might be the possibility that Chet Holmgren drops to number three for the Houston Rockets. Uh, and we got a lot of comments about Chet and his possible fit on that episode. But let me know your thoughts about Chet Holmgren in the YouTube comments on this episode as well. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Check us out on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.